Are you a comic who wants to take your comedy to the next level? Sometimes you need a little help, and that's where the Clean Comedy Challenge comes into play. This is Leslie Norris Townsend, and I'm the creator and producer of this challenging event. This year we have three different locations, each with a cash prize. Two of the three are full-blown three-day events with seminars, critiques, and performances in a real comedy club. Past attendees include Johnny W., Charlene May, Andy Medango, Marty Simpson, and Mike Paramar, all who are now full-time comedians. So, if you're ready to take advice from the pros and perform in a real comedy club, go to cleancomedychallenge.com. It's not where you start, it's where you finish. And don't forget to mention Rick Roberts' School of Laughs, so I know where you came from. Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by schooloflaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast. Rick Roberts here. And I hope you're having a great, great day. Today I've got on the podcast Brian Kahatsu, who lives way out in Arizona. He's going to fill us in on the Arizona comedy scene, what's going on out there. And he's also going to give us some tips on how to create videos, videos of our shows, sets, and uh, some down and dirty tricks, as he calls it, to get the most out of equipment you probably already have. And to let you know when you might want to spend a little bit more money and hire somebody else to do it. So we're going to talk about that at the second half of the podcast. The first, we kind of talk about all the different things going on around Arizona. Lots of different comedy clubs. And uh, since the recording of this, there is a new comedy club in his area called Stir Crazy where he teaches improv classes. And I'll make sure I link to all the clubs mentioned in the podcast in the show notes. If you haven't got over to schooloflast.com, you need to check it out. We did a major renovation of the site, an overhaul, if you will, over the uh, holiday, and now the entire site is searchable. So if you have a question about crowd work, you can type that into the search bar. Any podcast or blog about crowd work will pop right on up. Uh, the whole site, again, is searchable, and there's a lot of great information on there that, you know, you need to get. I mean, basic comedy knowledge that unless you have a green room full of seasoned veteran comedians, you're not picking up on your own. Uh, log into schooloflaughs.com, check it out, and uh, pick out some information that's good for you. Hey, I would like to thank a Patreon sponsor along with the Clean Comedy Challenge for making this podcast happen. Our Patreon supporter this week is Neil Riddle. If you'd like to learn how you can support the podcast through a small recurring monthly donation, just log on to schooloflaughs.com forward slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Thanks, Neil. I appreciate it. And I hope you're uh, enjoying the benefits of Club 52 and picking up those weekly email tips. All right. What else can I tell you? I'll tell you more stuff at the end. I'm going to have some public appearances in February and March that you uh, are certainly invited to come out and see. A lot of fun stuff going on. I'll tell you about that at the end of the podcast. Right now, let's get into it with Brian Kuhatsu. 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 I am here with Brian Kahatsu. Is that how you say it? That's uh, is exactly right. That's exactly what it looks like. That's exactly what it does look like. And this is the uh, second time we've got to catch up 
Mm-hmm. I'm out here in Arizona, Scottsdale, and you live just around the corner in I'm in Glendale, basically Glendale, over by the, the big stadium, side, by the Cardinal Stadium. Yep, which is a phenomenal piece of architecture. It actually looks like a toilet in the desert. Yeah, they, yeah. But they roll a, the grass out. They roll the grass sun. out. You can open up the roof, let the sun in. That's pretty sweet, yeah. man. And it's you've been out here for how long? I'm a native. So you were born and raised right mm-hmm. around. Yeah. So I know your uh, your hotel room has a picture of Barry Goldwater. <laughs> I know. right next to us. So yeah. that's. That's authentic. That's the you know where you're at. Very go water. He's just staring you down. So watch what you say. Yeah, it looked like he was holding a cigar, but I guess that's his pinky right there. Oh yeah, but yeah, <laughs> I think about those same glasses. I got some very yeah. go water glasses mm-hmm. going on. That's so. sweet. Well, we um, just grabbed a bite to eat, and we we're talking a little bit about the Arizona comedy scene. But I thought for people who listen to podcasts, different parts of the country, we can start kind of there. Let them know what uh, what's going on in the general Phoenix Scottsdale area, then. If you know a little bit okay. more, we talked about Tucson a little bit, Flagstaff. Just kind of give them a little overview of what's going on I in there. I think there's a bigger scene here than most people would think about. I mean, we've got um, three major um, franchise of comedy clubs here, and then we've got a lot of other you know B clubs here. Um, Flagstaff is still working on having its first real club, but there's uh, there are some there's activity up there for for good shows. Um, Tucson has a really great uh, club down there. And um, pretty much across the board, if you want stage time, I mean, every day of the week, you can get stage time. Um, Flagstaff's the only one that's kind of difficult to get your stage time, but usually on a Friday night um, and some other special shows. But That's yeah. cool. And so what are the three clubs here in this area? Um, you've got the Tempe Improv, which is probably the most famous club. Been around for a long time. Very long time. A lot of, if you watch those HBO One Night Stands a lot of them were shot at. Oh, the I remember Dennis Tempium. Miller's White Album was recorded there. Exactly he, that one. Um, there was a lot of the Young Comedian special. There uh-huh. was one with uh, Ray Romano and a bunch of other great comics were shot here. And that, from what I've heard, that that club was built especially for spe- those specials. Then for him to get the cameras in and all that kind and of you stuff. You got a second story on top, so you can get your your high end angles. And uh, yeah, the way it was set up on the edges too, so you get cameras on both edges. It's been redesigned in the last couple of years. Um, the edge, the there's uh, basically it's little side green rooms on the side now, so you can't get a camera so much on the side anymore. But um, but yeah, that's originally it was made for that. So there were a lot of early specials still shot there. And then what? How many days of the week is that club generally? That is for Wednesday through Saturday. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Couple of special then, events here and there, yeah, and then some Sunday shows periodically, and yeah, and the specials, and then uh, Stand Up Live is downtown Phoenix. It's one of the newer clubs, very nice, very posh. Downtown. And how many seats do you think that one's got? A little over one hundred thirty. They say they say five hundred. They say five hundred. Yeah, I think it's four to five. Maybe it's four. Wow! But it doesn't even from stage. It doesn't look like four. Huh. It's closer to two fifty. Yeah, but yeah, it gets a little bit set back deeper. Um, and then Rick Bronson's House of Comedy. Um, it's been here a couple years now, uh, and that's in the North Valley, um, and that's a really nice club, very nice. Uh, still kind of a secret though; a lot of people don't know it's there. Uh-huh. So um, that's uh, those are the three majors, and then uh, comedy spots here, and um, it's pretty. I know I'm missing a few. Someone's going to hate me for not adding them, but yeah. But then those uh, are the main three. Yeah, or four. those are the main. And so. do they seem to bring in different? talent different types of comics or is it just kind of pretty random who they get tempe improv and stand up live are owned by the same basically same group so you will see a little bit of repeats between Uh the two of them but they do spread it out over the year um rick bronson brings in typically brings in somebody completely different than those guys um kind of varies but most of the time you'll see more your um a-list actors that do comedy they'll be at 
Tempe Improv or Stand Up Live. Yeah. Yeah. Then Rick Bronson will get uh, still some, maybe not the A-list actors and stuff, but people you've recognizable um, that people have seen. Right. Um, nobody's coming to mind right now. Orny Adams has been there several times. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of them I know. I know we've all heard of, but yeah. Um, and as far as like the um, the Tempion problem, it's been around for so long. And that's is that where that's not where David Spade started, but he did a ton of work there, he, right? Yeah, yeah. It's right across from uh, Arizona State University, so mm-hmm. it's a very busy club, very lively. Uh, but it's right across from the campus, so and like I said, it's been there forever too. So I mean, it, people. People that know comedy, it's one of their favorite places to go. Yeah, I would say over 30 years. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. But it is a testament. Some of these clubs, I mean, I I definitely remember the Dennis Miller White Album coming out and Mm -hmm. listening to a ton of that. I remember he opened up with jokes about Arkansas and how about his aunt worked at the uh, rhinestone mines that used to make the the jackets for the country singers. But I I learned from that, too, that he, he threw out some easy, underhanded softballs to the audience right off the bat. Right. We can all laugh at Arkansas. We live in Arizona. Probably never been there, mm-hmm. so I can say whatever. And then he gradually got into his more mentally right. gymnastic type. His Dennis Miller, the Dennis Miller tra- we traditional all stuff, know, right? Yeah, with all the references to movies that nobody watched but him, right? And probably for him too. That's he's got probably yeah. He has to do that because if not, he's lost them from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And but you know, I was trying to think, and, then, and he was really the guy who inspired me to I joined the the. AV team in high school and college, like I was on the the college TV station and stuff. Uh-huh. So I wanted to get those chops up so I could get that job on Weekend Update. No, okay, Got I didn't it. want to be a com- I didn't even think about stand up comedy as a potential career. Mm-hmm. But I thought, man, you know, I was on the newspaper staff. I can write copy. I could make something funny and do that Weekend Update. Yeah, and that was my. But he was the inspiration because before him was Chevy Chase. That was before my time. Right, funny in a different way. Right after him was Kevin Nealon, who I loved. Right. And he had his own little spin on it. But Dennis Miller just the, hey, yeah, the thing yeah. with the side to the side. and Hey, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny that you said, because you and I were just talking earlier that uh, we're, this, we're pretty much the same age. Um, the, Dennis, the Dennis Miller thing for me is that I remember at the time when that special came out, I think he was 34 maybe. And I just remember, because I was probably 17 or so, 18. Yeah. And I remember thinking, man, these guys are old doing comedy. And uh, which I think that instilled it in my head because I didn't start, I didn't start improv until I was what? 37. Uh-huh. Wow. I didn't start stand up until I was 40. So, um, thank you, old man, Dennis Miller for <laughs> setting a path. And you're 48 for, now right? in case people didn't catch yeah. that. Yeah. For, yeah. That's funny. I never looked at him as being old. At the uh, time, I remember he, it was Dennis Miller, Kevin Nealon and Dana Carvey did a little tour going through Phoenix one time. Oh man. And they gave their ages were like 34, 36 and 37. I just remember thinking, gosh, I didn't think those guys were, they looked ageless to me at first, yeah, yeah. I think, is the thing, because they were funny guys. And then you're like, well, wait, I don't know anybody that age in my life. That's than, funny, yeah. I mean, parents are older than that. There's nothing in between. Well, it makes sense, too, looking back now, that those those comics that we were watching were in their 30s because they had some life experience. They had they had stage experience. Mm-hmm. They had years on the road of doing comedy or sketch or Silent Lab or whatever. So, you know, a few guys hit Silent Lab early where they were teenagers right, basically yeah, really young. you know the old adam sandler years mm-hmm. but most of the guys have been doing a thing for a while and had their chops down when they got on there that's cool so other than those four in phoenix we talked about tucson is it's laughs right laughs, laughs cafe laughs now cafe i guess they now, call yeah. it and i'd done that club back in the late 90s uh when scotty goff was booking mm-hmm. it okay some people listening probably worked for that guy and it was 
the room was usually pretty good. I saw the air airplane graveyard. Oh yeah, that's phenomenal. Yeah, that's uh. And we went to like a. We have that here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that in the Grand Canyon. What else is there? It's what, Arizona. What do you want? It's man. Arizona. So. But yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. And then, so Flagstaff, you said, is having a. Flagstaff has uh, there's 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 one guy up there, very nice guy, who uh, is a comedian and puts on a show up there. Um, I think it's monthly now. But he's been doing it. He's been working hard at it for the last, gosh, it seems like five years now. Um, Jimmy Anderson is his name. Great guy. Um, but yeah, he's he's kind of like he's the scene. Mm-hmm. He's the guy to call if you're if you're going to Flagstaff. But uh, the Orpheum up there, he does a show up there. Um, other than that, I mean, obviously the university, uh, Northern Arizona University, is up there, and they have bigger acts that come uh-huh. through periodically, not too often. And the Orpheum um, seats like 600 or so? I think it's about 600. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool. Now, yeah. for people geographically, you know, we're in Phoenix, which is touching California. Mm-hmm. What places can you get to reasonably if you were? I mean, LA's about five and a half hours, yeah. depending on how fast you drive. Um, Albuquerque's probably another five. Uh, Vegas is about five, pretty much five. Five hours will cover it everybody. from everyone. Yeah, um, that's not horrible. No, I mean Colorado's a little bit of a stretch to try to. Um, I mean, I've done a few shows up there, but it's you know, hunker down and be ready for a long drive. Yeah. I haven't done anything in Utah because there's nothing too, too south border wise. But um, but you know, between those, there's five hour stretch. You're good. That's pretty you're cool. Something. Now you you're here. You, you don't do comedy full time. You teach some improv classes. You perform improv, but you also do video production. That's your main. Thing. Correct. It's kind of a 50-50 split now. Is Over it? the years, yeah. yeah. Comedy's been getting a lot better in the last few years. So um, they're kind of, yeah, they're kind of probably at a 50-50 at That's this cool. point. Well, it sounds like there's enough places so, around to perform and you do yeah. some corporate gigs here and there. I do, yeah. Primarily I'm doing corporate. I do do, I do do the clubs. Um, <laughs> uh, but for the most part, yeah, it's the the one, you know, the one-offs and then the, uh, and the corporate gigs. So, you know, corporate, well, you know, the corporate pays well. Yeah. And well, so, I'm here at a resort. There's mm-hmm. a lot of business that comes through. Yeah. You know, Scottsdale and Phoenix, I'm sure. Especially here this time of year. Yeah. Yeah, It's not bad up there right now. Beat the heat. Yeah. It was a cool 80-something today or whatever. Yeah. Uh, But it's going to hit 100 this weekend. Yeah, before you know it. That's awesome. So for comics that are listening, I've I've been wanting to kind of catch up a little bit and teach them a little bit about video. I do a lot of my own stuff kind of on the fly. And then when I have something that I really need to record it, I hire some people to come in and record it. Yeah. so I want to kind of walk through the, the stages of what sure. comics can do on their own when they might start thinking about hiring somebody else okay. and then maybe what to expect to pay somebody else. So for the most part, my background is, I mean, almost 30 years been doing video. So started like literally back on the early days of tape. So the advancements now, there are a lot of things that are kind of dummy proof uh-huh. for a better lack of a, a better word. But, you know, with your phones, the technology's gotten there now. I know some of the phones will shoot 4K. Um, even whatever standard HD is much better than what was available years ago. I would say for anybody, depending on what you're looking to do for it, if you're wanting to do demos, a demo video of yourself for your website or for a demo to send out to a booker uh, or for a um, uh, festival or something like that, um, if you've got a video camera versus your phone, there's kind of different techniques you can do. Sound to me is always the main issue. Mm-hmm. Video, you're always going to get a pretty decent picture with whatever you're using. When it comes to sound, um, the phones are a little bit more difficult to find those kind of those adaptive pieces, uh-huh. um, like the iRig type stuff. Yeah, and you've got then you don't you're at the mercy of like say the club. 
if they have a mixer or maybe they just have a PA system on how you're going to go about doing that. Um, it's a loaded question a little bit. Um, but once you get your video down, worry about your audio. If you have the ability to have some kind of additional microphone, um, if you can go through the mixer, I would always say suggest doing that. If you can't find one of the PAs, you can often mic to the PA. Mm-hmm. And at least you're picking up a little bit more of the audience laughter. It's the only thing bad about the microphone from the stage. Um, typically they don't pick up a lot of the audience. Right, if you're getting a line off the board, you're, yeah. just, you're usually just getting you, and it has mm-hmm. to be a huge lap to even register. Yeah. I think the easiest thing, the easiest recommendation, if you're shooting off your phone and you can't afford anything more, try to get that, first of all, get it stable, unless you have a hand friend with a really steady hand. Mm-hmm. But try to get it as close to the, the source of the speaker as possible to get that clean sound and also get the laughter at the same time. Um, and these are down and dirty little tips here. Um, same thing if you have a, an actual video camera to do that too. Um, with a video camera, you're obviously going to have a little bit more features in terms of getting your lighting correct. Because a lot of times that lighting is so harsh, you'll get it a is. blowing ball yeah. on stage. So you want to make sure you've got the ability to adjust your iris down. If it doesn't have, I had a comic call me this last summer, bought a brand new camera. He's like, I, I, I'm a ball on stage. What do I do? I'm like, I don't know. I'm online looking up his camera, trying to find the thing. I couldn't find it. Couldn't find it fast enough for you know him going up on stage to find it. And um, eventually, when he came home, I looked at it and I found it right away. Uh-huh. But it's it's always a hidden menu thing, but it's knowing your equipment ahead of time prior to going in. Um, but with an, uh, with an actual video camera, then you have different inputs. So you can set up microphones, maybe have one going from the, the uh, switcher or the um, audio board in the back. Um, and you could also maybe do a separate channel that's to a microphone that's pointed directly at the uh, audience. Um, and some clubs do have a microphone up, up top that'll feed in the audience laughter that, so you can pick it up through the main board. Um, Another trick would be is if you have a separate wireless like lavalier microphone, you can actually clip on and go up on stage. Um, recently, I had a friend of mine who was just wanted to get some audio um, clip. So we did that. Just It was down and dirty. Just put a little lavalier on him. He went up on stage. Wireless. I was in the back monitoring everything going on. Um, it's good enough to pick up him and all of the laughter at the same time. It's a pretty, pretty good mix. Uh-huh. I mean, obviously, he's going to be a little louder than the crowd. Um, but that seemed to work perfectly for that. But yeah, if you want to step it up that next notch, I would say definitely it's worth, you get what you pay for. If you're paying nothing, you might not get anything. Right. Um, but yeah, if you hire a professional that knows what they're doing, you can get the sound done correctly. Uh, multiple cameras, make sure your cameras match. So your color is always the same. Your skin tone is going to be the same. That's somebody important knows there. Cause edit. Oh yeah. yeah. Cause if you don't know any better, like me, you just flip two cameras on and you after the right. fact look at him like oh maybe you can color correct it maybe you can't but Sometimes if you set them the same at the beginning right. at least you can make the same changes to both and the worst part of that too is if you have oh here's one real expensive camera and here's one i just picked up or mm-hmm. it's my friend's camera if they don't match you basically your good camera you have to try to dumb it down to the, the bad camera right and then you've got bad video again so um yeah take the time and well, here, here's a great example. I had somebody call me last year and said, can you quote me? I want to do a three-camera shoot with the possibility of trying to sell it to Netflix. Um, so swinging for the fence. I said, okay, great. So I gave him a bid, and I gave him a fairly decent bid. Uh, I didn't go crazy, crazy, because uh-huh. I didn't you know, I didn't know what he had to spend. So I'm trying to make it as realistic as possible. He wanted three cameras, possibly four, and big venue to fill out and all that. So I gave him the quote on it. And, but he never got back with me because I, I mean, there's, we could have cut it back to one camera or two cameras. Right. There's a lot of options we could have done. Well, he ended up having a friend that was able to do it, um, which was, I believe some college kids. 
um, I know they shot it. From what I've heard, it didn't come out very well, and they're still kind of working on it. They're still frustrated yeah. with it, but I know they did pay some money for it. So again, you get what you pay for. So I would definitely, um, it's worth hiring a professional who knows what they're talking about. Um, and it, prices have come down, so it's it's inexpensive. You're paying for labor on a lot of it, um, and depending on what format you're shooting on it too. So. Right. I know sometimes I have to use. I'm lucky enough. I got this <clears throat> Zoom H4n that we're recording into right now. And I can set it on the edge of the stage and get the audience. Right. I mean, crystal clear CD quality right on that little SD card. And I can match up to my video on my video camera later. Yeah. And sometimes the video camera pick up a little bit of the audience mm-hmm. that I didn't get from the front. And I can blend them. And I can also run in a lapel mic from me into one channel. So I've got yeah. basically what would be a board feed on one channel, the audience coming out of these nice mics up front. And then the secondary Plus, mics on the on the camera, camera. itself. So, all that. So you're really like four or five audio sources coming yeah. in, which is great. You're covering it. Yeah. And even you could set my cell, cell phone down on the stool oh, yeah. too and pick up a little bit different. So the way you've got yourself covered. Yeah. Because, you know, somebody might cough right into this front part, but it won't hear on the back part. So you can right. dip that thing down and duck it for a second. And, and placement is so important. Yeah. You know. And it almost takes, I mean, this is the, the one thing of maybe three things I missed from being in comedy clubs is because you would have the same setup seven shows in a row. Right. So if I would do a club and I wanted to record for a CD, the first two nights I would put the stuff out. I might catch some good audio, but I'm really trying to figure out how it sounds. But by the two shows Friday, three shows Saturday, I figured it out and I just keep those items in the same place. Right. And so it's very consistent. Even between shows, the audience might be slightly bigger or slightly different, but I can still use stuff from both shows if I need to. Well, the most important thing is really is to go to your location and if you can fire up the microphones, fire up the lights and and really frame your shot, make sure you're not glowing on stage, dial in, dial it in for you. Because mm-hmm. if you're taping, what you want is you, not the guy before you. Right. So if dial it in for you, dial in the audio for you, everything's for you because it's for you. Right. Um, and do that all ahead of time. You don't have the surprise of running into the room and like the board's really hot coming in and you've got to back it back out. And then you miss the first 10 seconds trying to get it correct. And then later on, maybe it... It gets loud again or it gets too soft. So you're chasing it the whole time. I will say this, and this is an honest, I'm honest with people all the time on this. Most video people are horrible audio engineers because they were trained more or less for the visual world. Right. So audio is a secondary thing. So if you're really going to spend the money, then get yourself an audio guy separately. Um, so that they can work tandem. So the video guy doesn't have to worry about the audio. Oh, I got you. I will say as a comic, it's difficult for me to set up a camera for myself, get it all set up, and then run on stage and go do a set. It messes with my head, yeah. to be honest, because I'm thinking, okay, what's going on with the framing, and where's my you know, where's my iris set at, where are my audio levels? And then once I'm on stage, I can't, I can't look from the stage to see what's going on right so my brain really is kind of doing two things and sometimes it's difficult to switch over and be comic bro well, you're using the analytical and the yeah. creative and that doesn't work and i found it doesn't work for me yeah. in the years and lately i've been trying to just do that set it up in the corner and forget it and first show uh things were going really well except the microphone on stage was a wireless started going out had to switch mics in the middle so the set got yeah. completely blown you know right smack in the middle uh second show uh, microphone issue on my side with the feed went out two comics before me got perfectly clear oh man then for me it cut out a minute into my set Ugh. so i had to go to an alternate track 
to use it. It's just kind of it's just the way it is. Well, that it's is a, that it's is a plumber with a leaky you know pipes at home. Yeah, that's why you got to have some other people to help you because you can't. A, you can't be creative and as funny as you want to be when you're worried about all that stuff. Yeah. You're going to worry about it with the crew there anyway, yeah. no matter what the size of one guy or three cameras mm-hmm. or what have you. But when you're setting all that stuff up, it's really rare that you catch something because even like for me, I, I like to have lights up, do a lot of corporate events. I like to see them. Yeah. Even, if, even if it's after dinner, I like to be able to see everybody. So it's, it's dim, but it's not down. Right. But that also allows me to see the video camera. And sure enough, I'll see somebody like walk and stand right in front of it. And I'm like, ah, this is my best bit. Just ruin the entire tape. Might as well just scratch it. You know, there's all those things you're paying attention to that you you really should just be focused on your show. So having somebody to come in from the outside is important. It's the worst. Having somebody that knows comedy is super important, too, Mm -hmm. because it's a different thing. Um, Like you say, the placement of the mics is important, but getting as much of that crowd in there as you possibly can. You can always you can always record lower and bring stuff up you know we're talking about hard to fix stuff they always yeah. say if you burn it out and it's peaking levels really high mm-hmm. you can't scrape the the right. burnt toast off and still right. eat bread but you can always heat the bread up a little bit more yeah. to make the toast so it's like when you're setting your levels if you if you want to set them at 75 percent of what the, the device is capable of you're still going to be able to bring them up a little bit with some right. compression but if you're full-blown 100 percent, it's going to be tricky everything has yeah. to be below that and, I mean, you do need an eyeball on that at mm-hmm. all times while you're up on stage because if you're talking and you've got one set and then suddenly you're talking really loud, you know, you, you know, if you're a good performer, you're going to take the mic away from your mouth a little bit. Yeah. But if you're, some of the guys don't, they're right on it and blow out, they're blowing out the room and they're blowing out the speakers and then your audio is distorted at that point. And then you're like, okay, that's kind of lost. We'll get yeah. it next, next time, next show. Hopefully it's exactly the same. And maybe I can cut it in because the first show was better. You know, more people came to the first one or, you know, it's all those issues too. It's like, just try to get it on the first take. Yeah. It's tricky you stuff. Know? Well, the, the good thing with cameras now, if, if anybody's shooting in 4k, which is like the top of the line mm-hmm. for now, for the next six months right. or whatever, until it doubles again, yeah. um, you know, you could do a slightly wider shot and crop in a tighter shot right. and still have better than 1080p ever looked. Mm-hmm. And so I've seen a lot of comics do that where they, you know, have the full stage, and yeah. a little bit of the front row in the shot, then they can crop into a tight head and shoulder shot. Which helps. I mean, recently I had that that issue happen. I was on stage, and the woman who was in charge of the show kind of just stayed off just in front of the camera in frame. Uh, I was like, are you kidding me? Really? So um, luckily one of the other comics saw her and kind of nudged her finally over the side. But she was there for a good minute, so I had to punch in. Of course, it was on the one part of the video i decided to take right so but i was able to at least punch in a little bit and go okay fine i salvaged it yeah you know which we couldn't do years ago that's what i'm saying there's so many things available now that are kind of you know, really help well i'm looking at the uh, that new iphone that's coming out this fall pretty soon actually and they're saying 4k video on that mm-hmm. um so i'm wondering is that worthwhile knowing that it's got a 4k video and what what capabilities I mean, I, my main concern is actually if I'm going to shoot with that, having that thing in the back of the room where I can't see it and somebody walking off with it. Well, right. You know what Which I mean? Which is another fear, right? Another, so, that's where, when I said you have to have one eye on something, your other eye has yeah. to be on the rest of your gear. Um, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, and, uh, you know, when you travel too, it's like, who do you trust when you're on the road when it's right. just you? I mean, how quickly do you make friends and trust them? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's in the back of my head. My fear is always head. somebody knocking it over. Yeah. And then smashing it on the floor and you're like what happened and nobody seems to know right you just see the foot of somebody walking away from it that's right <laughs> well i wonder too with the audio inputs on that i know they're going away from the headphone jack but they've got it inside the charging mm-hmm. cable now like 
I wonder if that's going to be a backward step as far as the... Could be, too, because I know a lot of times... Sony used to do this thing a long time ago where they would have a special adapter. Mm -hmm. So if you wanted to... If you wanted to put any external microphones in, you had to get their microphones right. or buy their special adapter. So it's kind of, I mean, I could see, I hate it when they do that, but it's part of the game. Well, it is. And then who knows? We'll see with the iPhone. Another trick, um, I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast before. I've talked about it with some other comics. If you just need an audio, just like a, a check of your set, you're not really trying to put out a CD, mm -hmm. but you just want to get a nice audio, you can plug your headphones into your iPhone or your android or whatever and just run it through like a yeah put the microphone through a buttonhole mm -hmm. without the whole headset hanging out and put right. that back in your shirt and it picks up some really really clean comedy yeah your comedy's come really really cleanly through that so it's that's probably stuff you already have yeah and it's that's easy enough to do there are quite a few comics i know who just hit that record and just stick it in their pocket because mm -hmm. they just want to hear enough of it back yeah um which is fine but yeah i like the idea of the of the uh the headsets. Yeah. And then one yeah, other uh, hack that I, I hate to use hacking comedy in the same sense, <laughs> <laughs> but um, one other thing that you can do, like I've got a lot of different cameras. Like I've always tried to like get, get the decent camera and have decent promo. And that's, that served me well by spending that oh, yeah. money and investing in it. But I also have a lot of comics that have uh, a lot of cameras that I haven't sold. So I, I still have like a, a Sony VX 2000. Okay. Does that ring a bell? Yeah. Has great stereo mics on the front mm -hmm. of it. I can put a mini DV tape in that and set that in the middle of the room and get audio that's going to be better than 95% of the microphones I'd buy out exactly. there. And so I've still got, I'm, you know, the video would look weird with the digital stuff compared side sure. to side, but the audio is going to sound nice. Yeah. And that could be mixed in and blended in as well. The one thing you can always do, if you just want the audio, the one thing you could do is if the club has a, um, a audio board, if there's no outputs available, if they have a headphone out, mm -hmm. you can take it from that headphone out, um, just dial it all the way down, hit your record, and then start bringing it up ever so slightly. Um, it should take care of it. If it's still too much juice, you can get um, these attenuators that'll knock the signal down even uh -huh. more. But that's just very quick. And then if you have a separate recorder, you can record into um, like a Zoom or uh, those TAC little units. Um, those are fine. Those are perfect. And you'll get really clean sound just you know, just for your set that you're I working on. I used to on. do that with, uh, <laughs> I've gone through every media possible, Minidisc. Oh, Minidisc, okay, so yeah. So Minidisc came out, I really like that format a lot. Yeah. It's like recording onto a small CD inside a square case. Yeah. And I could run the audio out of any headphone jack mm -hmm. right in there. It really sounded good. And I'd also do that when I went to do radio. Yeah. Because I, I wanted to record on my radio. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the station. And yeah, so I, they're like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to listen on these headsets. I'm going to plug into your headphone jack yeah. and listen on a mini disc and record it. If that's cool with you guys. And everybody's yeah. like, that's awesome, you know? Yeah. And so I still have, and I, I don't know if I'll ever release it, but I have probably like 90 different radio interviews from over the okay. years where I played a new song on the Bob and Tom show oh, cool. or whatever. Yeah. I've always thought putting that on a CD just, just to have it done. Yeah. I probably should do that just so I don't lose the, the format yeah. in any kind of decay. But yeah, yeah all no, those, I, I had mini disc too when I was, uh, when I used to be on all comedy radio and, at first, we were just doing weekends, so I would record off that. And then once we got moved to weekdays, then they told me, well, we can record it off the board. I'm like, okay, what's well, a lot easier on me than going to buy those discs constantly. Right. But yeah, that format's great because I used to take that to, we do interviews for the shows. It was just, man, just that little thing, go. Had a little nice little microphone on it. Yeah. Just do men on the street things. I kind of miss having, I mean, SD cards are the, new, you know, that's the next step after the mini disc, basically, but... I kind of like have something where you can write what was what's on this thing on it. Yeah. 
you know, with all this digital stuff, you put it on your computer, you get into a folder, you kind of forget where right. it's at. I mean, my biggest get, fear is losing the disc. Yeah, the mini disc is so small. Yeah, and we're not even old guys. I know. But my first album I recorded on reel to reel. Well, okay. My second one I had a cassette four track Marantz recorder. Okay, I one of those. My third one I did on a Korg D8, which is a digital eight input, probably less than two gigabytes on the whole thing. Okay. And then after that, I just hired a guy. I yeah. go. I moved to Nashville, and everybody, I, you know, Nathan Meckel, who did my two or three of my CDs, so just had phenomenal recording studio in his garage, basically. Oh, cool! And so I was finally handed it off at that point. But the technology advanced. I mean, reel to reel. I never recorded on eight track, although I sold some. Okay. I, I dubbed off okay. on the eight track. Wow, really? I, I used to do this bit where I'd say. Uh, I've got some CDs for sale, and hey, if you're from Arkansas or whatever, you know, Mississippi right. or the small town outside the big city I was playing in, uh, I've got some eight tracks. And people would actually, they started asking, it was just, I mocked up a cover, but they're like, I, I love that. <laughs> so I went, I, I recorded off like two dozen. I went to some garage sales, got some old eight tracks and just recorded over them. Okay. And uh, I sold some for a while. <laughs> wow. But more of them were stolen off of the, the stool on stage between shows because people thought it was so weird. Yeah. Um, the novelty of it. Yeah. Well, it's like now, too, uh, they brought back. Um, vinyl's vinyl. Vinyl's huge. And the idea of having a comedy album on vinyl is like really kind of cool. Well, I'll tell you what. I live in Nashville and Jack White from the, the oh yeah White Stripes, he has his recording studio there, Third Man Records. Okay. And I know of at least three comedy albums that have been recorded there in the past year. Yeah. Um, because he does like, I know they use all the secret tracks too, kind of depends on where mm-hmm. you put it down and yeah. all the little tricks. Yeah. I know Kathleen Madigan just recorded there like oh, last really? week. Okay. Her wow. new hour at Third Man Records. That's pretty cool. Wow. Um, I know a couple of the comics uh, from outside of Nashville and from in, inside. I don't know if I'll record one there, but it's something to think about. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Everything old comes back around. So Because, you know, I mean, again, I mean, uh, you grew up the same time I did. I mean, all my original, com- my exposure to comedy was on albums. You know, I do have cassettes still of stuff, but I mean, I still have the nice big albums suitable for framing now well i've got yeah. wild and crazy guy on eight track i've got ray stevens the streak on eight track got a couple roddy dangerfields uh-huh a couple cheech and chongs uh two or three steve martins uh all on all on vinyl and then uh robin williams a couple on cassette yeah <laughs> that's cool man well brian thanks for cool. your uh, video tips thanks for the insight on what's going on around arizona mm-hmm. uh got a website you want to People kind of get curious who they're sure. listening to. Um, Brian Kohatsu.com. That's B R I A N K O H A T S U.com. Thanks again, Brian. <laughs> Thank you. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Brian Kohatsu. Some great tips in there about how to create good sounding and good looking videos. Uh, he has a video tutorial that will walk you through each of these steps and show you some before and after and some kind of comparison things. If you want to see exactly what he's talking about, I know some of that's hard to pick up on a podcast, but on the video that is only available to you from schooloflaps.com, you want to check that out on the show notes for this episode. Check it out. Great demo video. And thanks again, Brian, for putting that together. Very helpful. I learned a few things, and it's always good. Hey, if you enjoy my comedy, maybe you don't think I do comedy because this podcast is kind of ser- <laughs> kind of serious. I don't joke around too much because uh, I like to get to the facts. But I do comedy, and I'm going to be out and about doing some different uh, shows that you can check out. First off, if you're in the Nashville, Tennessee area, you can catch me out at TBN Studios where they record the Huckabee Show for TBN Network. I'm going to be there on February 2nd, 8th, and 23rd, and those are 
free tickets to be in the audience and see that show. I'm the audience warm-up, so I get a good 15 minutes before the show starts to have some fun. And I'd certainly enjoy meeting you and, and hanging out at the show if you can make that. Uh, there's a link to how to get to the tickets for that, or you can just check out Huckabee Tickets on Google and find out how to get those free ticks. That's February 2nd, 8th, and 23rd. March 2nd, I'll be in Holly Springs, North Carolina. That's right. I'll be performing a uh, clean comedy show with Brian Bates. You can check us out. Again, all the details in the show notes. March 17th, I'll be at Laugh Fest in Grand Rapids for an afternoon show on that Saturday. It's going to be a lot of fun. And if you're anywhere near Grand Rapids, man, take advantage of Laugh Fest. A great, great fundraiser for Gilda's Club and all kinds of good shows going on. I'm happy to be part of that this year. And don't forget, check out the cleancomedychallenge.com. Get in on those really cool challenges and take your comedy to the next level. That's going to be it for this week. I appreciate you listening. Spread the word. If you enjoyed the podcast, let other folks know about it. And I'll be back on the 15th with another one. Until then, stay safe, stay funny, and stay warm. Daggone, cold here, man. All right, see you later. Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit SchoolofLaughs.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay money. Stay money.